0: Welcome to Higher Ground with Julian
1: King.
0: Yeah, hello everyone, welcome along to Higher Ground this Wednesday evening. I feel like it's been a while since we spoke. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while. Of course, we had the thrilling conclusion to that England v New Zealand test match on Monday night which you heard right here on SEN with Colo and the team, but we are back. There's plenty that has happened as well and I'm more than happy to talk about it. My open line number one three hundred zero one eleven seventy 1300 70 and the text line, the all-important text line, 0457 736 736. Jules with you on 1170 SEN, Sydney 1620 on the Gold Coast and wherever you tuned in via the SEN app. Now, Simon McLaughlin from the Daily Telegraph will join me shortly to have a look at tomorrow's back pages. And Gibbo is in for the mad Russian this evening. He's going to keep us company as well. Bit of a to disagree coming up. Look, I've got to start with the Socceroos. Uh, did you get up and watch it? Did you get up and watch it? And if not, why not? Maybe you thought they weren't a chance. They are always a chance. Uh, Redman is such a great story, isn't he? Hear this bloke knockabout about, fella, about to give the game away to become a primary school teacher. So what happens? Sydney FC chucks him a lifeline. Next thing you know, he gets brought on for the captain, no less, and then becomes a national hero. The rest is history. And all while earning the nickname the Grey Wiggle, For his goal line waggle, complete with hipster beard. And what I love about this is all the theatrics, right? He'd walk away from the goal. He'd delay the penalty taker. Just that extra 20 seconds or so. The ref kept warning him about his behaviour. Said, I'll give you a yellow card, not that he cared. And apparently, apparently, Well, this is what Simon Hill said in commentary. It's all psychology. But by delaying the penalties, uh, research shows, this is fascinating, that it reduces the chance of a successful kick by up to 20%. There you go. And Sport is just enriched with these sorts of tales. And then, sure enough, he tosses the water bottle of the opposition goalie over the advertising boards towards the stands. Because all the intel was written on the water bottle. It's funny stuff. It's funny stuff. The more you get backgrounded about it, the more, you, the more impressed you are with the man. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the boys. I saw a tweet. Martin Boyle. Of course, you know, he's Scottish effectively, but he's Australian. He posted a photo. He goes, I'm oh, not feeling best today. Still in his kit, the number six, the tattooed arm. He looks like he's, about, it's like he's been on a two-day bin. <laughs> it was brilliant stuff. They're all partying hard. Well done to Graham Arnold too. You know, people wanted Arnie to be more bold. Well, I'll tell you what, summing out your captain for another goalkeeper, a journeyman goalkeeper, in the event that it goes to penalties, well, it doesn't get much more bold than that. It took a hell of a lot of kahunas to bring Andrew Redmayne on. And he deserves credit. Now we just have to get the better of two of France, Denmark, and Tunisia. Easy. Easy. But think about it. Five straight World Cups. That is an achievement. Let's not forget, Italy haven't been at the last two. Wonderful achievement. Something we shouldn't take for granted, mind you. We we did get lucky. Peru was poor. Surprisingly poor, actually. But qualification provided a $17 million windfall to the game in this country, which is desperately needed. So, so this is a shot in the arm for football in this country. Let's hope we capitalise on this success. Uh, make hay while the sun shines, effectively. And people are always talking about how the game has to fix itself. It desperately requires fixing. Hopefully we can steer that ship in the right direction. Now, as for our dear cousins across the ditch, look, I think we need to put an arm around them tonight, don't we? It's been a tough night. So they get rolled by England in the second test at Nottingham. It was a Johnny Bairster, a whirlwind century, Saw England get up by five wickets. They then go down in a World Cup qualifier to Costa Rica 1-0. And as Australian, let's just say, I hope that trend continues for the low Cup. Now, to this strange scenario involving Luciano Leilua. What a ball's up. So his mid-season switch to the Cowboys, far from a done deal. Due to salary cap issues, despite the Tigers releasing him to start a three-year deal at North Queensland early, it was all written out in the statement. Left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing at that club, honestly. The Tigers granted Leilua an immediate release. After an attempt to lure Reese Robson a Concord and a swap deal failed. The club saying that he joined the Cowboys for the remainder of the 2022 season. Did Michael Luck, North Queensland's football manager, you know, spoke to Patton Heels on SEN up in Queensland this morning? We've asked the question, and that's where it's at at the moment. There's still a bit of water to go on
2: the bridge there. Um, nothing in writing anywhere. Yeah, we'd love to get Luch. We, we He makes us a better team, particularly with the injuries we've had now
3: to uh, for Hill and then to Tommy Gilbert, who'll be out for definitely this week and, and potentially a couple more. We've asked a question of, of
2: Luciano's management to see if uh, he can negotiate the release with the Tigers, and um, you know, hopefully that plays out over the next few days. Oh, okay, so it's not a done deal yet. No. Pat, we're a club that like to do our due diligence and make sure every box is ticked and every I's dotted and T's crossed before that. Essentially, there aren't other clubs that operate like that. So we're doing our... going through that
0: process. And as I said, we we asked the question and we want to get Luciano after it, but not a done deal yet. We're a club that likes to do our due diligence. I love that. Not every club's like that. AKA the West Tigers. So Michelle Bishop reckons that salary cap pressure is behind the Cowboys. Well reason for not announcing Leilua as the club's new signing or joining early for the remainder of the season. They're interested. Nobody doubts that. So Lichiano was told, you know what, you can go, but the Cowboys have got to work out what they can and can't afford. Didn't, didn't Australian politicians debate this? He's been rendered stateless, Leilua. He's stateless. The Tigers are muffed this, it would appear. Look, they weren't as far down the road as they thought. My goodness. Due diligence. 0457 736 736. Uh, Just on Rugby League 2, the ARLC, the Rugby League Commission, has approved the addition. This is good. Four new teams to an expanded NRL women's premiership competition from 2023. So the new teams, the Commission confirmed today, are the Raiders, the Sharks, the Cowboys and the Tigers. They'll all be admitted to the premiership in 2023. So the, these additional teams will ensure that the NRLW competition is represented from Townsville to Canberra. So we have got three clubs in Queensland, six in New South Wales, and now one in the ACT. Look, I hope there's enough talent to go around. This is the big debate. I, I, but having said that, having said that, I'm also a subscriber in that theory, build it and they will come. And I think about when the AFLW expanded. The comp, look, I don't think the standard got any better. But in the immediate aftermath of the expansion, I don't think it really got worse. And Katie Brown made the point and has been making the point. And said, well, you know, you want to whinge about that. The men's comp's been around for 100 years. and Look at the disparity in talent between the top and the bottom teams. It's not unreasonable what she said, KB. Not at all. Look, the key is distribution of top talent. And I've always said this, men's, women's, whatever. It's the distribution of top talent to lift the other players. So if you had an informed Trevojevich, for example, in every team, how much better would the Warriors be or the Titans be? Or the Dogs be, for example. And that's what I'm saying. So if every team had a firing Ali Brigginshaw, for example... You'd most probably be in finals contention. You may have a thought in that o four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now, New Zealand Tonga, the test squads are, in a, are good squads too. But what's interesting here is Daniel Tupu and Katoni Staggs have been named for Tonga. Tupo's been playing for them since, what, 2013 I think I read. The problem, and it looks a really strong side too, the Tongan side. The problem is that Origin 2 and the test are on the same weekend. So they're going to have to choose one. Which one they'll be. Will they'll be choosing is anyone's guess. So I did read that, I think Fitler said that Tupu said, oh, I'm going to play for the Blues, but I don't know. Is that fully confirmed? That'll be a really interesting watch. Now, the golf, I'm just flicking up here. Channel 503's got some replays of, of the Canadian Open, which Rory won. I'm really looking forward to this, only because it's against the backdrop of the newly formed Live Golf competition. <coughs> the US Open. Gets underway, Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. It's 122nd playing of the illustrious tournament. And a big field as well. 156 of the world's best players playing for the coveted US Open trophy, including Rory, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. And then you think about Rory McIlroy. Clearly fired up, ready to add to his major haul after going down the stretch with Justin Thomas last week. Quality golf, meaningful golf. Both of those would it be hot favourites, you'd think, and John Rahm. McIlroy and Thomas, both been really vocal, really vocal in their support of the PGA Tour. And nobody can get away from this. Nobody. And wasn't it funny too when he won Rory, his 21st PGA Tour victory? saw a little, little dig in Greg Norman because he overtook Norman with 20. Now, John Rumm had some really interesting things to say. I'll play that for you a bit later. But I thought he hit the nail on the head perfectly as to why he decided not to accept the money and offer to play for the Saudis. Seven Aussies teeing it up. Camp Smith, Adam Scott, Wu Lee, Lucas Herbert, Mark Leishman, Jed Morgan and Todd Sinnott. Just on Rory, he'd have to be my favourite outside of the Aussies, outside of Camp Smith and... Yeah, the others, he would have to be my favourite golfer at the moment. At the moment, and this live tournament was a bust, I thought. And yeah, they'll talk about the streaming numbers. Oh, the minute of the launch, you had fifty thousand on YouTube. Yeah, it was it was a curiosity, it was a novelty, but it was so boring, it was so soulless. Fifty four holes, no cuts, a whole bunch of nobodies, some stupid teams event, a, you know, a tournament within a tournament. I'm telling you now the novelty will wear off very quickly. You know, if they talk about existential threat maybe if they keep getting big name players but who have they got DJ Reed, bit of Bryson. So what let him go? You know, if Tiger goes, that's an issue sure. But Tiger said no chance. He wants the trophies and Tiger wouldn't go unless he could be competitive anyway. How much is enough money? You could throw a billion at Tiger. You go, no, thanks. I'm already a billionaire. Yeah, I don't need another billion. And he'd be right. Because for all the cash, they are meaningless events. Meaningless events. That's why no one gives the rat's. You forget about it two seconds later. Now, just to the cricket as well. Uh, looking forward to the first test. I think June 29, that gets underway. Australia and Sri Lanka. And you hear all the action live right here on SCN. But in the first of the ODIs, Glenn Maxwell, the big show. Sensational. He hit 80. Helped the Aussies chase down a rain-revised target of 282. And they won by two wickets in the end. It's a beautiful batting conditions. Uh, 301 was the total set, so 300 Sri Lanka posted. But then 90-minute rain break reduced the innings to 44 overs. And then 282 was the requirement. Maxwell, what about this? Six fours, six sixes. And his 80 come off 51 deliveries. So well done to him. Oh, just back to England. Just back to England for a moment. Johnny Bairstow has hit England's fastest 100 since 1902. See, I tell you what, just, just you know, more so this test, but even in the first test, you can see the impact already of, the, of this new McCullum stokes era. You can see it. There were a stack of runs in the match too. But New Zealand's second innings collapse killed them in the end. Daryl Mitchell scored a ton. Ollie Pope, Joe Root, Bairstow, all hundreds. The Black Caps posted... One of the highest ever match totals for a losing team. Here's a fun fact. Since 2020, Trent Bolt averages more in test cricket than Virat Kohli. And he's now the most prolific run scorer for a test number 11 in history. overtook And all the other usual suspects like McGrath's up there. Just through sheer weight numbers. Jimmy Anderson, obviously. Sometimes these guys bat 10. He's no mug though, Trent Bolt. He's no mug with a bat. He'd be nudging 700 runs batting number 11. I don't think I had that in my entire high school career. <laughs> the a hell of a lot better than Chris Martin. Well done to Trent Bolt. Well done to England, more importantly. 0457 four five seven seven three six seven three six Just before we get to the break, oh, we've got to say well done to Nature Strip. Not Nature Stripe, Nature Strip. Chris Waller trained horse, blew away the field in the Kingstand Stakes. Jase McDonald on board. It's always not, I'm not big on Aussie horses going overseas. I don't give a rats. But when they win, you go, how good's this? Like black caviar, I remember that. And I remember feeling disappointed when So You Think when overseas, and It didn't bust, but didn't win. I'm old enough to get able to remember better loosen up winning the Japan Cup. That's how old I am. But well done, Nature Strip. Well done, Chris Wallum. It's nice to see Aussie horses performing well overseas. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. We're up and running for a Wednesday night. Julian King with you on High Ground. Yeah, I
4: just want to feel alive.
0: This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Hey, great to have you along this Wednesday night. Wherever you tuned in, eleven seventy Sydney, sixteen twenty on the Gold Coast, or anywhere across the entire planet on the SEN app. It's nineteen after ten. Extra, extra, read
4: all about it. It's
0: We do need a bit of Peter Coombe to get the juices flowing at this time of night in Sydney or anywhere across the eastern seaboard. Now, Simon McLaughlin is the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. He joins us each and every Wednesday night to have a peek at the back pages of tomorrow's telly. He's on the line right now. Evening, Simon.
3: G'day, Jules. How are you? That, G- that sounds like a, a song that uh, Andrew Redmayne might be able to dance along
0: to. Uh, there's nothing he can't dance to. You know, for a ginge white guy, he's got some decent moves, Andrew Redmayne. I'll give him that. No offence attended there, Gibbo. (laughs) Gibbo's on the panel tonight. He's a ginge-white guy. Hey, you must be on a high with uh, that magnificent win by the Dogs over the Eels. Oh, absolutely. I'm
3: expecting uh, it
0: got us off the bottom of the
3: ladder and I'm expecting uh, another win this weekend against West Tigers on Sunday. It's, Uh, you know, premiership here we come. Premiership here we come.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, (laughs) I mean, if, if anybody's got motivation, it'd be Mick Potter. I would have thought. i tell you what, you know, he, he's just another one in a line of Tigers coaches that have parted company with the club. Michael Maguire, of course, most recently, and he's had his first exclusive interview.
3: That's right. Back page of the telly, he's got a very large photo of Andrew Redmayne and then a very large headline underneath with Michael Maguire saying, I'll be back. So he was terminated a little while ago, but reckons he'll be back coaching. Um, I don't know if he's uh, a genius or crazy, but he reckons that this whole experience that he's been through um, isn't enough to chase him out of the coaching game. Maguire um, uh, tells us that he talk, he talks about the buzz that he feels from coaching. He talks mm. about the camaraderie and the connections, and he says that what's happened at the Tigers won't break him. He's still got a lot of self-belief. Um, and interestingly, it's sort of one aspect of the interview he talks about, which is easy to forget, he sort of talks about how most of his coaching career he's been a winner, whether it be an assistant at Melbourne Storm or um, winning premierships at Wigan and South Sydney yeah. this time at West Tigers has really only been the sort of the the uh, the, uh, the losing part of his coaching career so he he seems pretty confident he's going to get another job. Uh, he certainly wants one. Um, but whether um, you know the right time, the right right place comes up for him, I don't know.
0: Oh, I think he will. He's an excellent coach. I mean, you don't have that success with Wigan and then again with their South Sydney if you don't know what you're doing. right? So he's replicated that success. So, sometimes there are certain coaches, for whatever reason, not the right fit at a club. I mean, you could say that old Bennett... Relatively speaking, didn't have great success at Newcastle. I mean, I could argue that to a degree because he did make a prelim, but I guess compared to the heights that he reached with South of the grand final, Saints, obviously, with the premiership and then multiple premierships with, with Brisbane. But, you know, this is the thing this is the difference between a Mike Maguire and, you know, say, Nathan Brown or a Trent Barrett. You know, those guys, fair to say, I think, Simon, their coaching careers are done. Yep. Done? Absolutely. I, I would say so. But, yep. but Maguire, and the other thing, too, is. There's not a lot of coaches around at the moment. I know Seraldo Pardon me. I mean, is the one that seems to be the hottest property in the game at the moment, and Fitzgibbon was sort of next cab off the rank in one of this long line of assistants. But there's still a degree of trepidation to point assistants because a lot of them haven't performed as well. I mean, look at Adam O'Brien. He struggles at Newcastle at the moment, but... It, it, though, Outside of that, I mean, Flanagan's name comes up. You know, Christian Wolf in circles. You know, maybe Paul Green. We don't know, but you know, where are, where is this sort of this deep well of coaching talent?
3: That's right. The names you just mentioned are the same ones that keep coming up yeah. again and again. But Maguire, in terms of his bid to trying to get back into the NRL as a head coach, he does have one advantage over a lot of those other guys. And that is he's going to be in the shop front, uh, in the shop window at the World Cup. Uh, he's going to be coaching a team next weekend, uh, mm. not this weekend, next weekend when New Zealand plays Tonga. So it's not like he's going to be falling out of uh, the limelight at all. If if he got New Zealand to the World Cup final and they, uh, you know, perhaps even won it, and he's there lifting the trophy, um, that's going to do his job prospects. No harm. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, we had a column with Matthew Johns last week who said he thinks Madge should step away from the game for a little while just to to uh, recharge and get some perspective. Uh, I think we've talked before about, you know, why people want to put themselves through these sorts of jobs. and Well, there's, you know, half a million dollars a year up for grabs for a decent NRL coach. So yeah. it's worth the stress if you can handle it. And Michael Maguire... According to
0: this interview, it seems like he's up for it again. You know, some some coaches are a special breed. Some just seem born for it. They relish that high-stress environment. And a lot of people, you know, great assistants don't always make great coaches. I think Paul Kent may have sort of suggested this. You know, mm. all of a sudden you've got to deal with player managers and, and boards and CEOs and, and the rest of it. It's just... it it doesn't shut down, you know, all that noise. It's all this other stuff you've got to deal with, not so much what yeah. you do on the field. And that's a problem. And some seem better equipped in handling it than others. So I'd like to see him back in the game. I actually quite like Michael McGuire. I like him a lot. And uh, I think he'll certainly be in demand. A lot of people are saying the Warriors might be a nice fit. I tell you what, you'd want a pretty decent character to entice somebody there at the moment.
3: Yeah, that doesn't seem like the right sort of job for McGuire. i I'm not sure who that job would suit. Um, I'd like to see a New Zealander coach the Warriors, to be honest with you. Yeah. I know that didn't work out with Stephen Kearney, but I, I don't know. I just feel like that club lacks a little bit for identity and that would be one way of, of strengthening their, their ties to the actual nation that they come from, for yeah. a start. Yeah. Not that they've been able to play that a lot, but I do, I do think that that, that just... Slotting another Aussie coach in there, you know, again, no, I don't, th- I don't think that would sit well with a lot of people, yeah. particularly I think, Warriors
0: fans. Well, yeah, I think the main reason up that that people are making that connection is because he's coaching the Kiwi side. Um, speaking of which, the international weekend they take on the Tongans. Now, the Tongan squad looks, mm. looks very impressive, I know Christian Wolf is sort of still pulling the strings that he won't be there. Dean Young taking charge with a pretty handy assistant by the name of Wayne Bennett. Uh, they've named Daniel mm. Tupo and Katoni Staggs. Now, you know current rules say that, yes, you can play Origin for New South Wales and represent a second-tier nation. The problem, though, yep. is that they're both on the same mm. weekend. So these two That's gentlemen right. have, a, have a decision to make. What's the latest there? Yep.
3: And it's our information that Katoni Staggs and Daniel Tupo will be playing for the Blues. Okay. Um, they're definitely going to be in the squad if fit. And, and they'll be in um, blues colours, not Tongan colours. So Staggs is quoted in this piece in the Telegraph tomorrow saying as much. Uh, and he said that um, Tupo has also run Brad Fittler and said that he'll be available for the Blues. Mm-hmm. It was merely a case of if Fittler didn't pick Stags and Tupo then he wanted to. Um, they wanted to, the chance to pick them in their side. So if stays and two are in, there's, there's, we've got quite a few other permutations in the Blues squad um, with some pretty good mail from, um, from some of our league reporters. We think uh, Jake Tvavoyevich is headed for an Origin recall.
0: Uh-huh. there you go. Uh,
3: and we think Josh Adokar is confirming back in people's minds. Now, wow. that, that does seem to conflict with the information on Daniel Tufo, but yet Josh Adokar is uh, perhaps a squad member. Um, And that we think Ryan Madison and Regan Campbell-Gillard and Tarek Sims are the three guys who might be struggling to keep their spots. So I don't think that's too much of a surprise given how outplayed the forwards were in Origin Mm. 1.
0: It'll be interesting, uh, that make-up. So Madison, RCG and Tarek. So Jake Presumably, I don't know. Would he play off the bench in place of Madison, for example? Oh, RCG, I thought, probably deserved another crack. His form's been pretty good this year. If you're an Eels fan, you'd, I suppose, be happy that you're getting two players back. I haven't mm. seen the draw if, if they would have missed out anyway. but And Tarek, well, you know, a lot of people speculating that there was his, his last origin. Adokar's a really interesting one, though. You know, if that's mm. to be believed. I mean, how do? Because you, you either pick him or don't have him at all. But the, a lot of people are saying out of the camp, the thing they missed most. Yes, he wasn't playing, and, and I for one would have had him. But you know, he's sort of there, he's the Blues hype man. He's the guy that really gets him up and pumped. And, and people, you know, don't underestimate the importance of, of those sorts of players in your camp.
3: Absolutely I agree. Totally. Uh, you just you only have to watch out of for about ten minutes, and you, he just seems like the kind of guy you want to hang out with. Yeah. Um, you know, scored another th- three tries on on Monday. Um, look, it, it was it's a strange one in terms of origin selection because I don't necessarily I would argue that Ado Car wasn't really that out of form. Um, it was more a strategy or a tactic selection to go with Tupo over, and then a form mm. one. Um, you know, it's been said to me that there were some defensive concerns but, you know, Adokar hasn't let New South Wales down on a defensive front previously. So uh yeah, look, if if he was to go Adokar over two it it'd be a strange one because that hints at a change of tactic rather than a form um uh, concern.
0: Yes. So, yeah, it'd be
2: it'd Well, be
0: you know, it's one. I mean you one nil down, you you lose a series is I remember Cameron Smith saying on this network when you go into game two, one, nil down, it's not panic stations, but it's sort of a heightened tension around the place. And, yeah. you know, they, they you generally don't lose at home, so they're up against it. So, oh, I'd, I'd have no drama. I'd like to see him back. I thought he was great against the Eels. He had three tries. He looked like he had a car of old. He looks like the guy that was enjoying himself. And I think it was um, uh, Simon after that try, the, the intercept, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I can't remember who threw yeah. it. It might have been Gutho who threw that ball and he plucked it out of the air and raced away. And he pounded the badge and he gave it a kiss and you know he's as passionate as he was on day one, you know. So for those that oh, say absolutely. he went there for the money, does it like, well no. He didn't.
3: Yeah. No, he didn't. And, and I think Bulldogs fans he's automatically their favourite player. So uh, I think they're they're a rap that they've uh Got him, and, and it'll be
0: great when he missed the premiership trophy <laughs> this year or next. Well, you know, uh, Reed Marty couldn't <laughs> lose. Oh, okay, I'm playing for Para and my team, <laughs> but you know what? If, at least I'm seeing glimpses or some signs of yeah. life. I, I don't know if it's, you know, it's only a few weeks into uh, Mick Potter's coaching tenure there at the Kennel, but they just they, they look like a team that's just throwing the ball around a bit more. I think Matt Burton said as oh, much absolutely. afterward, didn't he? It's a, it's a new lease yeah. of life, and you've got to bring these guys so they, the so What
3: was the stat? The stat about, uh, they've scored more points in four games than they did in the previous 10 under Trimfaro. So, yeah, yeah, something's clicking there, which is really positive.
0: So you're telling me that you're going to put the house on the Dogs uh, 405 kickoff. Ah. 15v13 at Combank Stadium. Oh, I have to tell the missus to uh, put the car out, save me a parking spot when I get home because there's no parking in the streets of Parramatta they play at Stadium anyway. Thank you, mate. Uh, yeah. As per usual, I've taken it up is. far too much of your time. We'll catch those stories tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to reading that chat with Madge. And then Katoni Stagg, Sandy Tupa have chosen New South Wales over Tonga. But this is a really interesting watch now. Is the Fox going to be back in contention? Likewise, Jake T, who some people thought shouldn't have been out of contention. and Where does that leave Maddo, RCG and Tarek? Thank you, mate. We'll catch you then. Just... There is he is, Simon McLaughlin, Deputy Sports Editor of the... He uh, used to be the Australian. Now, the mighty Daily Telegraph, 0457 736 736. You're on High Ground. I just
4: feel alive with you.
0: This is Higher Ground with Julian King. 0457 736 736, the text line number. Bondi Jack, good evening to you. Uh, you know, when he... Yeah, but not Jack, he writes uh, spirited text messages on the program, on the network, and a few in capital letters. Jules, the protected species and recidivist storm thug Kafusi is found guilty of the vile, four-armed little Sammy's head, Sam Walker is talking about, splitting his nose. As always, the spineless match review committee, don't rub out this animal, so he's free to appeal without the threat of extra weeks and the gutless judiciary rollover. His history was deleted after 2021. Kafusi's vicious dog acts ended Boyd Corden's career in back-to-back origin and club games with the impunity in 2020. And he put Maddow's lights out in 2021. Brandy and Vossi called a spade a spade on Fox. Kafusi has a long history and he knew what he was doing. How to Robbo and PVL hold their tongues? Eradicate this germ. Cheers, Bondi Jack. Yes, cheers, Bondi Jack. Can I be honest? When I first saw it, I thought, oh, okay, it was incidental and unfortunate. I was in two minds about this for quite some time. Is only grade one careless. So uh, you, know, you challenge at 1,800 if you lose 2,500, big deal. You know, if they want to rub this stuff out, they should have made him mismatches. You're absolutely right, he has history. Uh, the first hit, no. The second one, you know, I'm looking at a couple of different angles where he might have just sort of jagged in there. Uh, it's not the worst, but given his history, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a, a degree of intent, should I say. Thank you, Monday, Jack. Now, for boxing fans, just an update. Justice Hooney has defeated Joe Goodall in a heavyweight blockbuster. This match, well, match boxing match, was in Brisbane tonight. So the 23 year old improved to a 6 0 record as a professional. Unanimous decision 100 to 90, 98 92, 98 93. Pretty action packed affair. Goodall was in Hooney's face all night, but uh, the Brisbane product's hand speed and boxing skills were too much for his opponent. And uh, well done to Justice Hooney, of course. Uh, you know, a bit of drama in the build-up with shots fired into his house. Uh, police are investigating that, but he has defeated his opponent, Goodall, in at Brisbane tonight.
4: The finger thing means to
5: taxes.
0: Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. Well, to what do I have this pleasure? I get the great Gibbo keeping me company on a Wednesday evening. G'day, Hello, Jules. How are you, mate? Good, Bodie. You're looking well. What's going on?
1: Oh, not too much. I thought I'd come here and help you out. But I'm pretty pumped to do Agree to Disagree. I think I was here for one of your first You've shows. done one, yeah. I know. So I've been you, listen- I mean,
0: you've been sending me 30 emails with some Agree to Disagree suggestions over the past month or so. So, Oh, you know,
1: you know and you don't get back to me, though, Jules. Fine-tune. I don't know what's going on, whether or not I'm going into your spam folder. But anyway. Yeah, that must be it. Tonga, Tier 1 Nation. You yep. spoke to Simon before about Katoni and Daniel Tupou mm. choosing to play for the Blues. Is it time for Tonga to become a Tier 1 Nation?
0: That's a good question. Thank you. Uh, agree. Agree? Mm. Elaborate? If we're serious on the expansion of the international game, I mean, just on results alone, I think they should figure in that conversation, yes.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of what... Are diff- but they're worried
0: about depleting... Or- yes.
1: I think um, what sort of oh, makes a Tier 1 nation there has got to have good grassroots in that country so Tonga, Samoa, Papua New Guinea Papua New Guinea probably the best out of all those Mm. countries whereas Tonga, Samoa don't really have a fully fledged domestic comp but it looks like we're going to keep running into these issues around origin time with you know the growing Pacifica population in the rugby league so it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the NRL just another quick agree to disagree on that do you believe the way we're doing rep round and origin now it works?
0: Look, it's not perfect. I don't think that any alternative solution I've seen posited isn't necessarily a better solution, right? Yeah. people so say, why don't you just have three weeks off and just run all – there's no way broadcasters would ever allow three weeks of no NRL football. They yeah. won't. It's basically – what what they do is give a free kick to other sports, and you're not going to do that. Winter is football time. In the eastern states, it is your territory. You've got to own it. Right, so, if some club's going to miss out and a few players will so what? Well, you know what? The, the flip side of that is if you're good enough to have Origin players, I'd rather be that club. I'd rather be Penrith. They like, go, oh, we lost six players, so what? Yeah. So, we're still Premiership favourites, right? And for those that make Origin debuts, you ask any coach, they'll tell you, you play Origin, even in camp, you come back to your club, you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof.
1: Well,. I on the run home. They spoke to Dean Young, assistant coach of the Cowboys. They spoke mm. to Todd Payton, head coach of the Cowboys, and they asked him, you know, what does this do to the club? And as Joel Kane always says, all tides, rising rise tide
0: lifts all boats, it's all ships. Thing. Rising tide, so yes, yeah, so the rising tide lifts, tide lifts all boats, but, all ships.
1: The thing the was, it was Murray Tualangi, Tommy Dearden, guys yeah. who were on the. Extended wider yeah, squad. Yeah. They come back to the club 10 foot taller. Yeah. So all clubs, I'm sure they would. They want those players playing in those big games. Things you'll learn. Correct. Okay, another one here for you, Jules. Is it okay to do a number one in the shower? Yes. Okay, cool. Cause, yeah. yeah. Any I've,
0: bloke that says they don't is a liar. Because I, in some
1: circles, it's frowned upon.
0: In what circles? I
1: had, a, I had a girlfriend, and she wasn't too keen on that whole situation. But how would she know? Well, wow. <laughs>
0: that's a great... You don't do it when they're in the shower with you.
1: Yeah, true. It's, Every... yeah, it's all the same drain. Isn't it? Okay, we'll move on. Baz McCullum, <laughs> head coach of the English yes. red ball team, good for test cricket around the world. Absolutely. It's Great, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, look, at what did
0: Bairstow hit? I don't
1: have Actually, I do have the, the scorecard. He hit 120-odd or... 136
0: off 92. Right? 17 fours and 76 is at a strike rate of 147. You know, is that I'm um, having said that best I was a wonderful white ball cricketer, so that's not necessarily down to the McCullum influence. But target 299 runs and they get it with five wickets to spare, they had to get their skates on they did it, right? Be Cavalier, don't die wondering Stokes. I think being captain helps that partnership. Cuz captain and coach got to got to work well together. And England at the moment there's no point in them playing dire cricket. Yeah. They don't have the team to do it. Right. So, Plady, I mean, Stokes showed at Headingley what aggressive cricket can do for that side, and Beasts shown that at Trembridge.
1: Well, even in the first innings, uh, Ben Stokes came out and hit, I think, forty-five off about thirty balls, mm. and the intent looked early, early on, and and it looks like they've got those sort of white ball cricketers, and their white ball side's been so good for so long. Yeah. So, look, hopefully, I just am keen to see another powerful team up the top there taking on the likes of India, taking on the likes of Australia. It's got to be great for test cricket. It
0: does. But, you know, you talk about the big three, Australia, India, and England. You actually want the big three to be successful, right? Because they're the most powerful operators in world cricket. They're the ones that get to crowds. That's why you want them strong.
1: But they're all three different cricketing nations as well, the way they play their test cricket.
0: Yeah, because you play suited to the conditions that you've grown up
1: playing. Right? All diff- three different... Yes. Conditions and
0: climates. Correct. So it's always well, going to be... It's hard to win away, right? Yep. It's really hard to win. And should be hard to win away. It's getting harder to win away. On that note, more Australia
1: A teams?
0: I'm a big fan of Australia Absolute A teams. Absolutely massive teams. Sending uh, development squads, Australia A squads, to, say, for example, the subcontinent, to learn how to play in different conditions. Uh, massive a- belief. The only problem there is, you know... You get an increasingly crowded schedule, right? Yeah. This, this huge proliferation of private domestic leagues and they might throw a carrot at them and go, oh, this is pretty good and you need your no-objections clause issued by your governing body, in this case, Cricket Australia. But if it can be done, then yes, absolutely do it well, because it serves the test team.
1: Have you seen at the moment... Australia A are overplaying in Sri Lanka. Mm. And some of the names who are playing at the moment, I think uh, Nathan McAndrew, who plays for the Sydney yeah, Thunder. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Play for the Redbacks now.
1: Lower yeah. order batsmen scored 80, 90-odds. So mm. it's going to well, be a top order
0: struggle, actually. Travis yeah. Head got, yeah. yeah. And you um, short, a few others, yeah, But
1: Australia A just announced in the Rugby Union, too. So they're playing in the Pacific Nations Cup against Samoa, yeah. Tonga, and Fiji. Mm. A lot of Waratah players, a lot of Western Force players. So Australia A has to be a massive tick. Agreed. Okay, E10 is the best option of fuel. No.
0: No. Disagree, hard disagree. Okay. Hard disagree. Elaborate, please. Uh, I know many people in the motor trade that will tell you, no, don't do it, wrecks your car. Lawson? And you burn through it. Hello, world. Well, I mean, I'll always use Valvoline. <laughs> Valvoline. Um, but no, E10 is the worst. Really? Yeah. yeah. So even in these sort of tough economic times? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's about value. It doesn't matter about how much it costs per litre if you've got to fill it up more frequently. Right. But so, so I have, even a 91 or a 95 will actually prove to be better value and less wear on your car.
1: Okay. So, I have done those tests. You know, you can count the kilometres between right. filling up, and there's not much of a difference between the 98 and the E10.
0: Yeah. But over the life of the car, look, 98 is just better quality for your engine anyway. Yeah. But over the life of your car, how many thousand Ks you say so average, what do you, probably t- take away the COVID years and we didn't do much. You you might drive 20,000 K a year, right? You have your car for five years to 100,000 K. Over that lifespan, it adds up. Right. Yeah. I used to live with a mechanic. It's rubbish.
1: So oh, really, yeah, 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 yeah. Strong, I really hate Yeah, And a few there?
0: people that work for, you know what? I mean, that we should ask the blokes on before us. We'd ask Stevie J. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We got, got at 6am Stevie... or
0: 10am? <laughs> we should ask Stevie J if it's any good. For the engine, yeah, E ten. No, I I'll don't come like back this to you stuff. Next week. I don't like it. Petrol's just out, just outrageously expensive at the moment.
1: What, what about lettuce? Two dollars
0: well? twenty. To, yeah, lettuce, lettuce. Yeah. Uh,
1: and I know you, I know you like your KFC, Jules. So this last one, cabbage, in your KFC burgers. Oh, I'm
0: going to drum with that. I oh, know. Can I? Just, I'm, I'm a rap on cabbage. I love the texture of it. Yeah. And people say it's out. Uh, I think it was Fletcher. You can't have cabbage on on a KFC burger. I disagree because quite often you get a chicken burger. And what would you have with it? a slaw?
1: Cabbage yeah.
0: is a key ingredient in slaw. Sure. Yeah. So it's you know, it's not an outrageous trading of places. But you know it's, when, it's weird. It's weird.
1: When you're demolishing, say a Zinger stacker, you've got your three, your two patties, you've mm. got your cheese, you've got your bacon. What the lettuce, the cabbage, it's the last thing you're thinking about.
0: You don't, do you even acknowledge it in your mouth? You You don't taste it. Yeah, so whatever.
1: You've got your one bite, you're dunking your chips in the gravy, you've just put down your Pepsi Max. The the cabbage and the lettuce debate, I think, is very overblown.
0: And look, let's be honest, I mean, we're eating chicken nuggets before they use real chicken in them as well, so.
1: They aren't real chicken. (laughs) They
0: are now. Oh, okay. I think they always were.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, potato and gravy isn't real gravy and isn't real potato.
0: That's great. Can I tell you, here's a little tip for you. Uh, My wife. Was a teacher and she had some students that worked at KFC. Was. was. Oh, she was a teacher.
1: She was not yeah. Well, she is. She oh. is,
0: but she left a job to pursue other interests. But um, she said the the kids would often bake a stack of KFC late at night, knowing they couldn't sell it. So they just take it home with yeah. it for a feed. That, that
1: was great. And then you once you bring it to school the next day, everyone's favorite. Yeah. we had kids like that at our school. Yeah, it's right great you. stuff.
0: And then you smell like KFC. And you won't stop Well, it's better
1: like than the darts that you were smoking at half time. So. No,
0: I never did that. No, no, neither did I. No, good. Okay. You assume. <laughs> you Thank you, Gibbo. Higher ground, breaking back with more.
4: I just want to feel alive with you.
0: This is Higher Ground with Julian King. Wouldn't you just love to see Dustin Johnson or Sergio or Bryson or Patrick Regis just get smoked in the US Open? I'd love Rory Well, I'd love Cam Smith to win it, or any of the Aussies for that matter. Adam Scott, be nice to see Scotty, wouldn't it? Todd Sinnott, Jed Morgan, not that they will. It's a good golfer, Jed. He's got a good little mullet going too, Jed Morgan. I remember uh, Nick Flanagan, who I spoke to at the New South Wales Golf Open, used to have the, the, the amateur champion. Used to have a bit of a long hair at the back. It's nice, sort of nicely coiffed now. Nicely tailored. But he said, oh, Jed Morgan, he leads away. So you might have Jed Morgan and Cam Smith, two pretty decent Moulais, representing Australian golf at the US Open, 0457 736 736. Remember Charlie Staines? Remember the Forbes Hotel said, we're going to give free beers every time Staines he scores a try, and he just kept scoring tries in his debut, and they've had to shut the taps off. And they thought, oh, yeah, he's going to be anything, Charlie Staines. But now he's on the outer. I mean, his management, this is according to the Herald, reportedly made calls to the Tigers to gauge their interest in signing him as a fullback. The problem is they go, well, hang on, we've got Dane Laurie. He's a good player. He's not off contract till the end of 2023. But as you know, this is emergence of Taylor May. When Brian Totwell was injured. Isaac Tago has inked an extension to the end of 2025. Isn't it funny? The ebbs and flows of professional football. He's only 21. As so, we you know, burst onto the scene. He was only 19. Four tries in debut. Six in two games. He had that amazing strike rate. But it was going to dry up eventually. And he struggled across the stripe. It's just two tries in nine games. And he wanted to be fullback, but Dylan Edwards is posting stupid numbers at the moment. Anyway, we'll wait and see. 0457 736 736 is the text line number. And if you want to give me a call, keep me company in the final hour of the program. You know that open line 1300 01 three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Now, not just this show, but any show on the network. If If you missed out, just go to the website, catch up on the podcast. And the best thing is, you don't have to listen to the ads. 0457 736 736. Julian King with you on High Ground this Wednesday night. Hey, welcome back to the final hour of the program, the text line number 0457. Just on the screens here in the studio, they played um, a snippet of the fan, Vossi's the fan on Fox League. They showed Matt King. Matty King, good fella. Of course, uh, hung around in North Sydney, couldn't get a run, and then went to Bellamy and you know, the Storm and the rest is history. But um, Matt King was a garbo for a while. It was a garbo in the North Sydney Council. A couple of others were um, garbos around Leichhardt Council. Talakai was one. I'm trying to think of the... Olsen Philippine, of course, famous garbo. The Galloping Garbo. We lost Olsen earlier this year to kidney failure. And he was a garbo many, many years in his retirement. He was a good man. So There's a nice little nice little history of garbologists in the sport of rugby league, but in case you didn't know, Matt, and, uh, yeah, there was one who debuted for the Roosters at 28 and went on to Ninja Warrior. And I think, too... Gibbo, you're we gonna get there. Was in this recent season of uh, um, Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah, has he, he been punted? He got fired by Alan Sugar, didn't
1: he? Oh, he, look, he wasn't very good at selling himself, like yeah. a lot of the other characters. Were. He seems like a bit of a reserved guy, mm. and he, he sort of comes across as a bit of a gentle giant. But hey, glad to see him out there. Yeah, but right. it's it's funny they because they say Benji Marshall NRL goat, and they say Aloni. Uh, Ninja Warrior
0: style. (laughs) (laughs) He only played like 10 games of footy though. Oh, he he?
1: played for fair. He probably played more. So he played over Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. He debuted at 28. It was a Robbo that came calling. Anyway, so there you go. So Garbos and Rugby League. It's a match made in heaven 0457 736 736. Back to the open line.
6: Hello, Mark. Noel Crusher Cleo, David Cement Gillespie, other Garbolders.
0: Were they? I didn't know. it uh, was okay. Yeah, yeah,
6: cement actually lost his finger, didn't he? He uh, got me there.
0: I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Okay.
6: Yeah, but um, as as young Gibbo might know, but this is Dragons Radio on uh, every fortnight. Yeah, he's so, he's uh,
0: Yeah, he, he can't wait. He's got out of his seat, Mark. He's going to be yeah, dazzled.
6: Yeah, yeah, big hello, big hello to Jimmy Smith out
0: there. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> anyway. You know, Jimmy. Went, no, Jimmy's. A Oh and I was covering for Jimmy over the summer and, and he came in one time, Was this Dragon's Radio? I said, Yeah, and
6: <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, it is, no, uh, it's too weighted to the Roosters in this network, I'm gonna be honest. Far too weighted to the Roosters. Yeah, but uh,
6: yeah, Our dragons, mate. Firstly, Zach Lomax. Your thoughts, Julian? I'll oh, give you one but you go first.
0: You, you know, Hook said first. afterwards, you know, that try just after half time, that was a gift. It's all well and good to have the razzle-dazzle, but sometimes you've got to get from A to B before you can get to C. And Zach Lomax has got all the talent. We get that. But it's just the decision-making is just plain dumb. Low percentage well, hey, plays and you're he, costing oh, your team on the scoreboard.
6: He, he is a guy, to me, in my opinion, who is happy being an NRL player. And if, to me... I'd love to have the guy's talent, but he's a bloke who's got ahead of himself this year. Uh, What he did to Frizz at Newcastle, you know, against Newcastle. Um, He he blew up the winger
5: on the weekend.
6: Mate, he he seriously needs a reality check or or a smack across the chops in a game. Because I tell you, uh, I would have been tempted to drop him for a game this week, Julian. Put Fiena to the centres and left Ruben there. That's how much.
0: Yeah. A lot of people have mentioned that. A lot of people have mentioned that as an option. I'll look, look up.
6: He, 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 he will come back, but uh, tell you, uh, he, he's got. I said it earlier in the year. He's got serious attitude, and he he just needs to have a good
0: look at himself. It's a poor in look, regards- isn't it? It's a poor look. You know what? Yeah. And, and it came yeah. off, and it looked a million bucks in the in the charity shield at the start of the year. I so, said, "Oh, look at Zit Lomax, a little little shimmy, shimmy, and isolated defender, and flicked out a raver." You know, this is the dragons We're coming to get him, but it hasn't worked since. Sometimes you just got to nah. shelve it if it's not working for you. I mean, to do that in your own 20-metre zone, on what, first yeah, or second nah. tackle, it, it is madness, Mark. No, it was madness. Well,
6: first, firstly, we're not good enough to do that at this point. Correct. And um, secondly, I am disappointed. Not so, if results are where I thought they'd be. I'm disappointed how he hasn't mixed the youth with our senior players. I'm really disappointed in that. Um I thought he would have progressed the so young lads a bit more. Um, I, I've, like I I've said before, and I said, it, I'd rather lose with Sullivan and um, Sloan in the side mm. and Cody Ramsey for that measure than. But, and I think, I'll go to my other point, our next coach is right there. I think Shane Flanagan would be an outstanding coach. I think he will be the next Dragons coach. And I don't know why the West Tigers wouldn't want Shane Flanagan. I've oh, mm. got no, why would he? is? He is the top coach out of everyone there, including Seraldo. He is the man. And you know what? I think he's going to fall in our lap.
0: Uflano. well, he was there and yeah, then oh, he left and now he's back. He's got a good relationship with the yep. players. So we'll, we'll wait and yep. see what happens. The remainder of this season, you know that Titans game, I think, is really going to come back to haunt us. So, as to your point about the young guys, so, you know, I'd like to have seen maybe, you know, and I love Moses as a bloke, and he's deputised well, but it's just you kind of you know what you're going to get. I'd like to see maybe yep. Sullivan back in nine rotation, maybe with McCulloch and just give Mbai a spill, um, as you said, just to mix it up a bit. Ramsey's been good; he was arguably our best outside Penn Hunt against the Cowboys on the weekend, and you know, he's had his fair share of criticism, but I tell you what, from all reports, what I'm hearing is that at training he's just soaking up everything they're asking him to do, Cody Ramsey, like he himself has sort of had a reality check.
6: Yeah, well, that's credit to him, and, and that's what you get when you give young bucks a go. You, you're going to see what they're going to give, but um, I, I would have liked Josh Kerr on the side too for a bit of leg speed. I, I don't know what's happening to Josh Kerr. I'm going there tomorrow, um, and yeah... We're a bit slow. Like, I like the Mulway brothers, but some of the other front rowers... Yeah. Blake Laurie... Yeah,
0: we, we, know, can, we don't have blokes Blake. that can get 100 metres at the moment. Nah, no. No,
6: nah, nah, Which is a nah, real nah, worry. No, nah,
0: nah. Real Josh Kerr yeah, sort of yeah. flattest to deceive. This is the problem with, you know, every now and then he looks good, but it, overall, I mean, it was not that long ago, a couple of years back, they said to Josh, well, if you can find a gig elsewhere, do it, because they weren't convinced about his level of commitment... Um, he's a good player. He's got abundance of ability. I wanna see a bit more from him. I wanna see a bit more from all of them, to be frank. Yeah uh, but you mentioned there, Josh Kerr, but, particularly Josh Kerr.
6: Just another thing. Like tomorrow and Tonga, I think after the World Cup, bite the bullet, they're a tier one nation. Mm. I, I don't like the I don't like this idea. I don't like it at all. And look I know it's a bit political or whatever, but that's not they are, they are good enough now to stand on their own. If you want to... I don't like the fact that Daniel Tupo is going to play for New South Wales and then play for Tonga. No, that's yeah. why Adokar should be our winger. Yeah. I don't
0: like it. Mm. I don't mm. like it. Well, then Nothing a lot of them have well. a decision to make, won't they? If it's a 1st tier nation, you can't... Well, then you can't play because has obviously played for Australia. Um, but well, they're, they're yeah. good enough. They're competitive enough.
6: Yeah, well, say 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 you're as a young fella, you pick for New South Wales, and then after four or five years you don't make it. Well, then you can even go play for Tonga, or you know what I mean. But you can't have it both ways, you know.
0: Oh, I think you streamline they've got, they've got it. A... It, it, it. Those that get picked for New South Wales and Queensland are eligible for Australia. Yes,
6: yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's a selection criteria for the um for the big game. Yeah. But, um, Look, mate, I'll go tomorrow. I'm going with the South Sydney supporter, my daughter.
0: Who
6: is, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but anyway. Yeah. And, um, yeah, oh, if we can get up in... Oh, oh, you know what? We're going to upset Cody Walker. You upset him and he loses it. So that's what I'd be doing.
0: I hope we can do it. I hope we can yeah, do it. And
6: Zach, and Zach holds the ball. Holds the ball, son. <laughs> be
0: yes, good. yes. All right, good on you, Mark. Safe travels, mate. We'll speak soon. All right. Soon. you, buddy. All right, 0457 736 736 is the text line number. Let's just run through a couple of birthdays quickly. Today it is June the 15th, born this day, 1942. Peter Norman, champion Australian 200-metre runner, silver in the 68 games in Mexico, wedged between, as you remember, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, one of the most iconic sporting images, arguably the most iconic sporting image of that century. The two Americans, of course, giving that black power salute. He died in 2006. Peter Norman still... The 200-metre Australian record. Set in 68, never been broken. Both of those men were pallbearers at his funeral. If you're a Simpsons fan a baseball fan, happy birthday today. Born 1958 to Wade Boggs. Uh, Michael Loudrup, the star Danish footballer, one of the Loudrup brothers, born in 64. Cedric Pioline, French tennis star, born today 1969. Of course, the Pooh, Philippousis, defeated him. The Davis Cup final of 1999, his career highlight. Oliver Kahn, wonderful German goalkeeper, born 1969. <coughs> uh, Nathan Astle, New Zealand cricketer, born this day 1971 in Christchurch. 1972, American golfer Justin Leonard, who won the 1997 British Open. Uh, former Wallabies number eight David Lyons, born today 1981. Happy birthday as well to Andrew McDonald. Good on you, Ronald, Australian cricket coach, former Test player himself, and Victorian legend. Born this day nineteen eighty six. 1986, uh, he was a superstar wherever he went, James Maloney. Happy birthday to you, Jimmy. And 1993, it's a very happy birthday to the American football wide receiver, the MVP the Super Bowl 2022 for the LA Rams, Cooper Cup. Quick call before the break. G'day, Siv.
4: G'day, Jules. How are you doing, mate? Very well. What do you think of that Felice Kafusi thing, the result of that is. What do you make of all of that?
0: Uh, look, I've got to say, I watched it a couple of times and I thought... Eh, it sort of looked incidental. Yeah, I thought it was line ball. Um, surprised. It was yeah. – You know what? The match review committee, to give it only a grade one careless, suggested they didn't think there was as much in it as much others. It. You know, people are sort of coloured as well by the history. When I look at that second mm. one on the ground, you know, maybe you got the elbow up there. I'm not entirely sold. Um, I could probably see it both ways, but I didn't think it was quite as outrageous as someone made it out to be sick.
4: Well, it's funny, you know, I'm thinking about that elbow thing. I mean, just for that, you know, if we're going to deal with contact to the head or the face and we've said that we don't like contact to the head or the face, yeah. then I think that won't, on that score, being tough on it. Just well, my view. But I think if if I were in the judiciary, that's what I would say. I would yeah. say, well you know we've, NRL have said Volandis and others have said contact in the head or face not good so on that basis alone mm. I would have given a tougher suspension if it were me but it's thank god it's not because that would be very scary yeah well not but, so much you know, a tougher that's what tough, i would have done
0: yes a, a greater charge than you know what's an 1800 dollar fine greater
4: charge that's right fine. i would have done that mm. i would have i would you know i mean if if that's what we if that's what we say now in the NRL but then When have the NRL ever really been consistent, particularly with the bunker? Don't don't get started on the bunker and other things. Not enough
0: hours in the day. Consistently (laughs) consistently inconsistent, Siv. Mate, I've got to... Lovely to chat. I've got to get to a break soon. We'll speak next week. Thank you. We'll take a break. It is rewind time for Higher Ground here on a Wednesday night. We'll kick it off this evening with Katie Brown, star of Call Time every Friday here on the network. Uh, She caught up with Maddie White this morning. Uh, She was very excited, Katie, about news today of NRLW expansion.
7: Let's get to my favourite buddy on the line right now, Katie B. Katie Brown joins us this morning. Hello, KB. Hey Matty, how you doing? <laughs> You've got so much energy, it is infectious. I'm doing good. Do you know what's happening at the moment with Luciano Leilua? Because it appears as though the West Tigers kind of kind of knew, but North Queensland are saying not yet.
5: Yeah, look, that's a situation that's going to continue, continue to unfold because last night we were all by the understanding that he has left the West Tigers immediately and here you go, Cowboys, you're welcome waking up, going to be now a finals contender. And it all makes sense because Helam Lukey has done his ACL. So the Cowboys are in need of a forward because their back rowers will leave and go to origin. So I was unaware because I'm actually off today. Uh, but now the Cowboys coming out and saying that they're not accepting in mid-season.
7: Well, they've said what they've what said saying? on... on... Yeah, what they've said on Paddy's show, Paddy Welsh's show this morning on Paddy and Heels is Michael Luck has come out and said, no, 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 the deal's not done yet. So he said they've asked the question, but the deal has not been done yet. And then uh, Andrew Webster was with me just in our first hour there. He got the mail that basically said to him that um, the mistake on that, uh, what is it, release of information, the mistake could have well have been made at the West Tigers end, as in they jumped the gun a little bit there.
5: Wow. Because the Cowboys haven't made a formal announcement either. So I wonder if that's Tigers or whether that's his management as well. That's right. Like that's his, right. Surely his management wouldn't want to leak something without it being a signed seal delivered.
7: Correct. Well, the West Tigers made the official announcement. They made the announcement that he was leaving the Tigers, but also mm-hmm. in their announcement, they said that he will be joining the North Queensland Cowboys for the rest of the season. So... <laughs> they've made a statement on behalf of another club and I don't think it's going down too well. Look, I think the bottom line is that that, uh, ends up at North Queensland and like you say, it'll it'll be a good fit because he was going there anyway next year. It frees up some money for the Tigers in their cap. He hasn't been playing the best for them um, and it, it certainly helps with that. Uh, season-ending injury to to Lukey as well. So it'll all pan out in the wash, but this is rugby league and anything could change in a flash. Now, the Broncos, uh, obviously right smack bang in your backyard. Adam Reynolds out for the club for their match against the Melbourne Storm. What a pity. That's a big blow for a big match.
5: Oh, we were going through this too, watching him train yesterday. He was kicking, moving quite freely with the jogging, but it's, it's his ribs, so um him and Tyson Gamble like they're lucky they kept Tyrone Roberts on the books because every man and his dog is injured at Red Hill somehow they continue to win they're inside the top 4 not ideal for someone like Adam Reynolds to be out injured though i feel that first it was covid he's had the hand injury he's had the hamstring and then it was this mysterious leg and it's just all-round soreness and now it's the rib so i just hope for him he can stay fit because They've shown how they can win without him, which is really exciting and I guess a relief for Kevy. But also, if they want to be true finals contenders, they need a man of Adam Reynolds' stature to be around on the paddock, fit and firing. Because I just don't believe Tyson Gamble is somebody who could be a halves partner and lead someone like an Ezra man into finals footy.
7: Yeah, i tell you who's a real big out, in my opinion, Herbie Farnworth. So he's going to be out for several months, a torn bicep. He has been playing so well. He's only so young, obviously, but he's been playing so well. And, and they look good with him in the team as well. So they've got the job ahead of him. The Bronx, haven't they, with all these yeah. injuries? But they've, they've shown that they can handle. They did that against the Raiders, where every time they just copped a blow, they kept going.
5: It was really gutsy and also pain hearts. Huh? I mean, now he's got two AC joint injuries for both of his shoulders. But you're right on Herbie. I thought maybe he was having this purple patch being um, in this contract year where he could start talking to different clubs. But I, I really think he was just coming to his peak. We were seeing the best of Herbie Farnworth week in, week out, and he was thriving with his combination with Corey Oates. And what was awesome was that you didn't know, if you're defending the Broncos, you didn't know which side was an easier side to defend because Herbie and Oates had their incredible aerials and speed. And then on the other side, on the right side, Tony Staggs and Selwyn Cobbo have an incredible kicking game as well as aerials and speed and strength. So that was fought for choice. And now Branko Lee, he's a great addition to the side, mind you. He just maybe doesn't have that X factor that Herbie Farnworth has.
7: What about the Gold Coast Titans? They have now officially slipped to the bottom of the ladder 3 and 11 so 16th on the table is I'll be calling this match against the sharks and they'll have it up against them because the sharks have beaten them in their last seven meetings together up at Coffs Harbour this one um is Justin Holbrook what's the word around Queensland is Justin Holbrook under pressure up there because the coaching slaughter season appears to be underway
5: oh yeah He's absolutely under the pressure. I know that I spoke to the club. They denied any interest in moving him on. Um, They said that the club needs to stick together because they're in a pretty unfortunate situation on the ladder. However, I know Michelle Bishop um, has got some pretty good contacts up here in Queensland and was reporting on Bossy and um, Brandy's show that that she knows calls has been put in to see uh, a replacement and whether or not they can get an interim coach. So you never want to hear that. Um, I've never been a head coach, but when the media start talking about who your replacements will be and sitting at the bottom of the ladder, never a good thing. I know that a lot of money's tied up with David's feeder and he's been out majority of the season. And at the back end of last year, we just weren't seeing the footy that we know he can play. Whether or not that's Justin Holbrook's game plan and, and not managing him, how he'd like to and getting the best out of Dave's feeder is another thing. But um, they're best and They should never have let Jamal Fogarty go. And now they're paying for it.
7: I had a chat um, with Ben Walker yesterday. And obviously, Ben and Shane, their names come up. And, and it's, it, it's for a club, really. If, they, if a club's going to go for somebody like Ben and Shane Walker, they're going to go for something completely different. Put your head on the block. There are three clubs at the moment that are looking for a coach. Warriors, Tigers and Bulldogs. And the more I the more I go through it, the more I can't see a home for them at those. However, if they did move Justin Holbrook on, and of course it's a much easier fit for um, Ben and Shane to go to the Gold Coast than it would be for the Warriors, for instance, just just where they've got to go. Could you see? Would there be any talk around the Walker brothers going into the Titans outfit?
5: I feel like those two boys, uh, we continue to talk about where they can fit in. And I don't think you're wrong in them fitting into a Gold Coast Titans um, organization. But are they going to be someone like a Wayne Bennett or a Craig Bellamy or a Trent Robinson straight up? Absolutely not, which requires more patience from Titans fans. And I just think that Titans fans are over it. You can hear them all. You see all their tweets on social media. Uh, There seems to just be no answer ever. Um, it's been some time, I think it's 2016 when they were playing finals last. And uh, they just continue to be down the bottom, except for, sorry, last year um, when they, they scraped in and got unlucky against
4: the Roosters.
5: But I, I, I think when you look at the makeup of that team, they've lost so much experience. And I think the recruitment is what needs to be questioned. And I'm looking at the GM of football, Anthony LaFranche, and I'm not sure who's helping him make these decisions. But I just think that the, the recruitment team – need to be held more accountable for the players that are coming into that club.
7: Quick one, final one before the news, and I'll let you get on with your day off. Uh, NRLW <laughs> expansion. So there's an announcement expected today that we'll have more teams, a 10-team comp.
5: Yes. How exciting. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's jumping to 10. People are saying, no, we don't have the teams. And I say, well, just look at the NRL, a lot of people, because there's plenty of... Uh, Teams that are very under par and rugby league for the men have been around for 100 years. So I think if you can see it, you can be it. Let's grow the game. Let's give women an opportunity and it can only get better.
7: Yep, let it rip. Cowboys, Raiders, Sharks and Tigers set to be included there in the uh, 10-team competition NRLW expansion. Good on you, Katie. We'll catch you for call time on Friday.
5: Awesome. Have a good day, everyone.
0: Well, he is the voice of SEN, Jared Waitley. I'm referring to. He caught up with Vossie and Brandy on Breakfast for his weekly wrap of sport.
8: Now, next guest knows all about that. I mean, it we, it is the dream job, but there's also areas where it's pretty boring and mundane, and the travel can certainly be that. Jared Waitley getting ready for his program in Melbourne this morning between nine and twelve. By the way, as Jared comes on, Jared, I don't know about you whether you've got plans on your program to cross to SENZ, given the events of uh, the New Zealand Sporting World. But we'll just try and cross there again now if we can. This is SENZ this morning. Oh, my goodness. Not good, is it, Jared? Not not a happy (laughs) 12 hours to be a Kiwi.
9: English cricket is transformed, and yes, they're, they're miserable. Well, you think about how we're reveling in Australia at the moment. First the Socceroos and then Nature Strip and a whole lot else going on, and then you cast your eye across the ditch, and she's pretty miserable times.
1: Yeah. Now, Jared fossey has been soaking a bit here this morning. He's not happy with the Socceroos' behaviour <laughs> on two counts. Firstly, Andrew Redmayne throwing away the water bottle of the Peruvian keeper. <laughs> And secondly, with uh, with Matt Ryan's tweet after the victory. What's your opinion on those two? Uh, is a narc. Yeah, uh,
0: thank you.
9: <laughs> thank you. No, so I think the penalty shootout is psychological warfare, evidently. And Australia went deep into that. And the, the changing of the keepers part of that is just to get the 1% here or there to try to put the opponent off. So tossing away the water bottle that's got the, the intel, the instructions of which way to go, left or right. Um, yeah, that's, well, you take any advantage you get, I suppose. I didn't mind the, the captain's tweet. I, just the sheer emotion of what has been achieved given full modern voice. Um, so it's probably not the, you know, it's not the dignified would Richie Beno approach would you ex- to victory. Would
8: Pat Cummins ever do that as Australian cricket
9: captain? Uh, no, I don't think he would, but I I think there's been plenty of others who might have along the way. Is Shane Warne with a stump on a balcony comes to mind, <laughs> Australia <laughs> celebrating sure.
8: victory. Oh, and the pool deck, who was our swimmer who swore the... Uh, 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 the uh, Kayleigh McEwen. Yes. F, yeah. Yes. She had a line? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I no, I I'll stand by it, and I've been shot down this morning. I, yeah, you know, because social media is so accessible. He is the Australian captain. Mm. Um, I would have if he put it up, he should have pulled it down, and um, yeah, you know, I, I I I don't know. I don't think it should be left up there, to be honest. As Australian yeah.
9: captain, Ca- carried Absolutely. away in the emotion of it all, but. I sort of feel like it was keeping with the national mood yesterday maybe maybe it doesn't age well once the emotions settle. but uh, it was yeah it was we were giddy yesterday
8: oh, yeah, but I'm probably right Jared okay I stand condemned I'm a hypocrite because I do believe I used those words myself at some point during the day <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably did probably didn't tweet them and it wasn't uh, it wasn't on air uh, now you have a, a white powder scandal we've been there done that in rugby league Jared this is old news for us but you yes. have a white powder scandal michelle bishop bishop brought us up to date on all of that this week but it's a situation where the player is actually now having been exposed is owning it he is
9: so it's i suspect that bailey smith the bulldogs footballer the club and probably the afl have had a few months to understand that if this became public uh, how they might handle it. I don't think it dawned on everybody involved on Saturday morning that this was suddenly out there. I suspect that was for the rest of us to understand. So yes, rather than be merely mouthed and vague and challenge others to to prove what it looked like, he simply owned his behaviour and then told the story of his life spiralling out of control. So Bailey has spoken previously around the the mental challenges that he faces. And he is a unique figure in Aussie rules. He would be, while he's a young figure, he has mastered social media and Instagram that generation like never before. So he is a more popular figure in that space than either Dustin Martin or Buddy Franklin. He's living a heightened experience and he didn't deal with that particularly well at the end of last year. The You know, it's not... It, it, it's, there is a symmetry in the fact that his... Disgrace is there on social media because that's the space that that his life has really operated in, or his public life has has been exposed to much more than the footy field. I think so. It's an interesting modern uh, scandal. It's an interesting modern debate. The AFL is working through its integrity process, and the standard here is between a two and a four week suspension. Um, but it's really more about what's happened over the past few months where Smith got his life back on track I imagine the medical assistance he received on that front and he's played excellent footy this season so whatever it was that he went through which he's given detail of he was able to to move through that over the months coming into the footy season he's played excellent footy but that is now going to be interrupted
8: yeah, all right. Now, I know you're going to go to town on your program this morning. We're a bit of fun around the English race caller, and we've actually tweeted the quote <laughs> um, to say, Her Majesty, this is a bloody disgrace. Um, <laughs> can you pull this into line? And James is going to actually recall the last bit of the race oh, so that beautiful. we get it right. Because we can't have this in the annals' history. Like it's uh, One of our listeners text us through saying, it'd be like us replaying the Melbourne Cup and calling vintage crop vintage crap. And leaving
9: that—that's <laughs> very
8: good. Listing well random vintage crap as one, uh, or if Winks had a run, what if he said called it Wanks? Um, <laughs> so look, Nature Stripe—you've called your Melbourne Cups, Jerry. Come on, so, you've got yeah. to know the names.
9: I imagine that we mangle the odd pronunciation of of a European horse, but but not when it's Nature Strip that's relatively straightforward it's it's not resty and orgeon or however they wanted that pronounced yeah um yeah it's look it's such a difficult thing to do that uh, he called it right in the first half of the race and then somehow it infiltrated his thinking that it was strong oh, i wasn't aware str- of that oh, Strip. so he yeah. messed it up oh, at the end so he's... yeah so it morphs Ooh. halfway through the uh. race. There's actually oh, there's a different call that gets it right, so hopefully that's the one that goes into posterity. But I quite like the idea of a whole set of people volunteering their services mm. to recall the final stages of that race, and yeah. maybe we could vote on which one goes into the archives.
8: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like Alan McGill's style, though, the, the old days, you know, dropping in the sound effects yeah. and that. Uh, James, you're up to just saying, nature, strip. <laughs> and we'll put that in we'll just drop <laughs> yes. that little bit in are you up to that James can yeah, you perform I'm that task I'm up for it <laughs> alright have you ever called it um, Ascot Jared? I know Maddie Hill I who's have, part of our team yeah. one of the most talented race callers in the country has and it's incredible straight races 1600 metres what 30 runners or something up the straight it's oh, yeah. incredible
9: so I've call, I called a, a few in the Black Caviar year. So I called mm. uh, Frankel, winning the first race on the program, which was the most devastating victory I've ever seen. So you think won on the Wednesday and I called that race and called Black Caviar. So we had a position up in the rafters of the grandstands wow. and there is an immensity to Ascot and they are yeah. a long, long way away in that sort of makeshift setup. But the 30 down the 1,600 metre straight... 30. Yeah, oh, that that's for others. That that's <laughs> not for me.
8: That is amazing. It, like like seriously, James, binoculars can't even see them, and yeah. you're calling the thirty up the
1: street. <laughs> that's Need amazing. a Hubble telescope to see them. Yeah,
9: yeah. Well, oh, oh, actually, shit. that it that, that's not as funny as it sounds. So they, I believe, the official callers box has something that would resemble a telescope rather than binoculars for the far end, and then they mm. switch onto the normal racing binoculars once they come uh, wow. more into sight.
1: Mm.
8: All go. right, uh, Gerard, great to have you on the program. You're going to have good fun this morning around that yeah, uh, yeah. Nature Stripe, Nature Strip, um, and, and plenty to talk about. As always, have a great morning.
0: Terrific. Thanks, lads. Now that I think about it, I mean, we should just have a direct line to anything to do with the Tigers. Chrissy Warren, of course, now their media man, and Brett Camorley is their interim coach. God bless you, Noddy. He caught up with Joel and Bozza, filling in for Fletchy on the run home this afternoon.
10: And I'm pleased to say the now West Tigers coach, is on the line. G'day, Noddy.
2: Jolly, Buzzer, how oh, are I you know Brent. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm going to take your approach to this interview. I'm not going to listen to Jolly either. Yeah! Okay. Oh, there there go. Go.
11: <laughs> After an introduction like that as well, Joel, I wouldn't be having that. like, you know, let's start the group. You know what, uh, Noddy, I've been listening to all your interviews since you've taken over as head coach, and I was, I'll was, i be honest with you, I was having a bit of a crack, but in a funny way, yeah? yeah. And Joel was going, no, Buz, you know, but you know, no, don't be like that. I bet you're not thinking that now, Joel. Eh? You want me to cry? You want me to grill him? Well, go for Ah-ha! it. Go for it. Hit him. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, what's the? Uh, it'd be very interesting to know because obviously I've just known you as a great player, and I'm a player at heart. But uh, listening to you in these interviews now as a coach, what's the the transition been like, Brett?
2: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable, Bozzer, Definitely. Obviously, last Tuesday was. Um pretty much life-changing very quickly. Mm. I was asked if was I was interested in becoming the interim head coach of the West Tigers and
4: mm.
2: uh, it was too too good of a role to say no to. Yep. Um, obviously, I had to learn very quickly over the next few days, um, you know, systems and structure, and um, style of footy we play, the mm-hmm. people. Um, what have to watch that. in the club and bits and pieces. So I, 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 I felt very relaxed last week. I felt like... Um, you know, I'm comfortable with some of the things we're putting in place and what we're moving forward in. Um, obviously, the game. Um, the game was disappointing in the last 15, sort of 20 minutes of the scoreline, how it changed a little bit and went against us. Um, I've learned a lot about football in seven days. I can assure mm-hmm. you that. Um, uh, it's going to be a very educational session or life-changing for myself. I've mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I've always had aspirations to want to be a coach. And as you said, you um to being around these organisations and I've been given them great opportunities to do it for a, for a, for now, a 12 week interim coaching role. If we go a bit longer this year that would be pretty special but um, I'm just trying to focus on that we make the players um, try, and, try and get the players to improve every day because mm. the two assistant coaches I got are great coaches and done a lot of work um, so I want to make sure that they uh, are certainly um, always mentioned as well because obviously this is a team, not just a a head coach running in the organization. It's a massive business, I've just learned.
4: <laughs> mm. um,
2: um, but, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever Challenge Kids presenting itself. Like, we trained really, really well today. Um, <coughs> you know, I did make the comments, I want to make it fun. Uh, I think, you know, there should be an opportunity to have a... Fun means also create just a great environment where we want to come to work and train and um, get the best out of every player every day, so... It's not just as I think. Sometimes people mention. I think I heard on a little promo there about you know, kick tennis and mucking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, We want to work hard, but we want to make sure you know players feel it is an environment we care about, and we, we, we coach them, and, and we um, we are going in the right direction. So some small changes this week, I would say, um, in in potentially what we'll do, some sort of in some, some roles on the field. But yeah, um, you know, a couple of changes, you know, positionally or people personnel wise, and um, i I think. You know, I know where many good things are going on here at the West Side as well, the pathways i am sort of aware mm. of what's happening there. Um, you know, I went through the Centre of Excellence last week with Justin Pascal, our CEO, and it is an amazing facility. So
4: mm.
2: um, you know, and obviously um I've you know, in the last few days said that this is a, a long rebuild as well, I would say. You know, I'm, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, that we're not gonna have um you're not gonna be a top four team in six weeks. Yep. But what we can do is gradually gradually try and improve and get You know, get better and grow and learn and improve and learn from our mistakes and hate the fact that we you know we're unsuccessful last Sunday. and Back up again in seven days'
11: time for the next Sunday. There you go. Really well, exciting. Tell you what if I was a player listening to that? I'd yep. want to run for a brick wall. That's yeah, right. I spoke very well. Very very interesting. Well, whatever you want, whatever you want. Now remember, <laughs> my best my best Friday, position so, normally is 5'8", yeah. but I, uh, yeah. as I've got older, <laughs> I've obviously slowed down. So you can put me in the back row if you wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've
2: got a tackling day Friday, so no sure problem. Oh, Where well, well, are you training at
11: Campbelltown this time? Are you are you back at there at Concord?
2: No, most of, us, most of the training we do is out of our Centre of Excellence here at Concord now. We yep. actually, uh,
4: we've
2: been on the field uh, the last seven days since I've taken over, actually. Um, good. We've been training on the field full-time, obviously the new Centre of Excellence. Um, uh, this, uh, in the next few weeks, we, we will transfer out of the Mountables here and move across to the, the, the amazing Centre of Excellence, which I think the players will be blown away with how good it is yep. um, and, and what that will bring for the feeling around the club um, and, and even all the hard-working staff members, um, both football-wise and, and, you know, obviously commercially, mm. um, how how that'll make them feel after being in Demountables for a couple of years. The other thing, Boz, that I'm trying to work really, really hard on is that we're in Demountables. We've had COVID the last two years. Mm. Um, that We're not a football team. That we become a football club. Mm. Um, and I think that's what makes a successful organisation, that everyone knows everyone's names, everyone... Knows what roughly each other do. We let everyone do their own jobs in their own in own departments, and and on the back of that, you get that longer term success.
11: So super. Um, well,
2: yeah. So, well, I'm back from I North Queensland. I'm
11: enjoying it. Yeah. Well, I'm back from North Queensland. I'll be down at Concord, so I'll be I'll be checking all this. But uh, that was yeah. uh, seriously. I'm not taking the Mick or anything. Like that. I, I, if somebody spoke to me like that, I'd be like, you know, yeah. You know, if they said jump, I go how high?
10: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, now this week it is the interim coach cup, and. Uh, Adding to that, which Brian from Bondi has texted in, I don't know if this is official yet, Noddy, but apparently the winning coach earns a ten-year, one million-dollar a year contract to be the head coach of their team with a victory this week. Thoughts about that?
2: Are you putting this money up? Is this?
10: Boz is going to put it up. Yep. What? <laughs> what
11: am I? What am I doing now? <laughs> um, no, you know, I think Mick Potter's done
2: a great job as well. I knew Mick Potter. Um, I met him in a few years throughout the mounting system and all that and obviously yeah as you said he's a club legend over there and um you know, over the last few weeks Canterbury have sort of improved and improved and it was a you know they played wonderful on Monday afternoon. So um, you know obviously they'll be full of confidence. Um, they've got players that are playing extremely well, obviously Josh Adokarr, um you know, he's handled – he's dropping very, very well with no, no comments, bits and pieces. and so just let his football do the talking. So, mm. um, yeah, it'll be a good clash on Sunday. Um, certainly looking forward to, obviously, Combank Stadium.
11: Um, then why is it being you know, played there, Noddy?
2: That's one of our home venues for now. Oh, okay. So we play, We share multiple facilities. Right. Um, which I think in the future um, could be looking at changing a little bit more, essentially, back to Leichhardt Oval hmm. and Campbelltown Stadium. yeah um, and obviously our centre of excellence is here, um, and yeah, so that's that's sort of those reasons for that. I think we've got one game at Tamworth as well. We take a um play the Sharks I believe, at Round Twenty One at Tamworth as well as a home
10: game. Uh, over a few beers, I've always told you, Noddy, that uh, the game does not see enough short kickoffs. So no doubt that's why you've raced uh, Adam Dewey back for said short <laughs> kickoffs. Is that right? Can you confirm?
2: Confirm, confirm. <laughs> there you it. go. Well, I'll, before Sunday, sugar, actually before Saturday, sure we'll come around. we'll We'll have a little chat and we'll yep. work out what we need to do because yep. then obviously you can take all the credit for that. Yeah, there we go. If we, we, if we win, it's just see the smile
11: on his face. Yeah, it's just see the smile. If we in we face. win, yeah. otherwise it's all yeah. on you, Jolly, big Jolly's boy. Joey's got some of the best ideas in football. Yeah, uh, he has. And, and by I the love, way, from I've got to say, love your
2: West Tigers to win, Joey.
11: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I've I, I got to say, from a tactical perspective, I learned things off him. Thank I love listening to speak. Now you had a lot to do, Brett, with the women's team. They've been announced today. Uh, in the NRLW, fantastic news, isn't it? Obviously, not just for the West Tigers, but just for women rugby league in general.
2: Oh, the game is growing at such a fast pace. Um, Joey's probably going to be pretty happy as well because obviously there four franchises yeah. today.
11: today:
2: mm. um, the Canberra Raiders, was it North Queensland Cowboys, Cronulla yep. Sharks, correct? we would be happy about yes, and um, the West Tigers, obviously. So uh, it's massive for us. As you said, I spent a few weeks coaching the ladies' side. We were we were in the process of applying for that license. we were. We were uh, we had a coach stood down, so it's sort of become a part of my role there. We're trying to play a style of footy that's um, that's skillful um, and and tough. And then obviously they've um, been rewarded with an NRLW license for the well end done. of 2023, which is amazing for the football club, uh, all the south western corridor here that we look after in you know southwest of Sydney. So I think it's an amazing achievement yeah. for the club, and obviously. Um, you know they'll share the center, of, the center of center of excellence here at Concord. There's a yep. personally built ladies' change room that he's been building the facility facilities. hope That the, that, that uh, decision would happen, so it'll be shared between the men and the women. Uh, their own change rooms, their own recovery center. Um, so I think the West Tigers have done everything they can to facilitate a great opportunity for the women's program to grow here at the club. he uh, has
10: got four dollars of his own uh, Boz. Yeah, and, I know. And why this know. is so important is because if you think about the pipeline of of the game, now all these young girls who are starting to play, and it is flying as Noddy said, they start to have families, they're interested in the game, their kids are watching the game. The parents now, maybe of Of girls who never watched rugby league, but but their daughters are now playing it. Of course. It it is massive, isn't it? It's a massive opportunity, Noddy. Yeah,
11: huge. Oh, huge
2: opportunity. I had I had four daughters last night uh, last weekend at, at Campbelltown in Sephora and all having different apparel on. They yep. had to go through all the new kid I got mm. and work out they couldn't wear the same jackets or jumpers <laughs> and all that. But mm. uh, that you know, and your children are like my children are yours are touch footy players, mine are odd taggers. Mm. so the next step forward is you know, give them an opportunity to see if
11: they want to play tackle football.
2: I, I, when I was a kid, I remember watching a movie called Field of Dreams. Yeah. If you build it, they will
11: Correct. come. Correct. Yep.
2: There's been no, nowhere... There's That's the one with
11: Kevin crazy. Costner, right, yet. I was talking yeah, about yeah, that today. Yep. Yeah. yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere at a semi-professional level that you could get to if you wanted to play rugby league.
4: Mm, You've got to stop
2: playing it when you're, when you're 12 years of age. In mm. the junior system, hopefully there's a competition in your area they now get that opportunity to play in 10 NRLW franchises. And we were at a breakfast the other week and Andrew Abdo has anticipation that that will keep expanding and expanding. So I wouldn't be surprised in a few years' time we have more NRLW teams and hopefully we get to a potential NRLW team. So there should be.
11: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't a choice. So there, yeah, so there should be. Yes, yeah. so there should be. But if you both want your daughters to continue to play rugby league, I suggest you don't yeah. let them watch the women's World Cup next year because I think that could turn them. Yeah. that anyway, could turn them to, to the boys' sport. Turn his mic off. Hey, we will need some goal
2: kickers in the women's program so they can come and practice out of. Very <laughs>
11: yeah. true. Very true. There, yeah, there grandma, you go. Bit um, of cross I
1: sport. Got, yeah, bit of cross like sport. sport. Through, so. Yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, we can share. share. Yeah, we can.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And watch, watch Joel's – oh, you can't watch Joel's face. Listen to Joel here. Ask me how I know that he's got four daughters. How do you know that he has because four daughters? Because some of his daughters used to go to school with some of my sister's children. And Is I just see right? him pick them up from school. Yes, in oh, Cronulla. Oh, yes. that's right. Yeah. Well,
6: you you
11: he's never said hello to me once. Oh, go, oh Yes. <laughs> oh, I always said hello. <laughs> the truth Yeah, you know what out. happened? You know what happened? Like, uh, people used oh, to come and tell me, say, like, uh, he to, like, he used to say, like, you know, Brett used to turn around and say, just say hello to Bozza or else he'll stay and talk to us. Just say, hey, Bozo. I was, yeah. So that's Do you know
10: how, how uh, Noddy knows that you have nieces down that way? Because when Uncle Bozzy used to go pick them up, they'd say, Uncle Bozzy's here. Can we come with you, Brett, please? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very true. Very hey, true. Noddy,
10: um, exciting game coming up, an exciting opportunity. You've beaten uh, Canterbury already once this year, but they were a different looking side. Last week, your old Mm. firm, the Bulldogs. So it's an exciting opportunity, mate. Mate, we wish you all the best. Everyone's cheering on yourself. Everyone's cheering on Mick Potter. Uh, So go and enjoy it. And uh, congratulations, too, for the West Tigers, uh, the Sharkies, the Raiders, and the Cowboys for getting an NRLW side into the competition.
0: Yeah, great news. Thanks, guys. That is us done and dusted for a Wednesday evening. Thank you to our guests tonight, Simon Glockland. Thank you to you, Gibbo, as well. Thank you to all our listeners and everybody that corresponded throughout the course of the night. I'm Jules. Back to do it all again Friday night. Catch you then. Bye-bye.